0: sociopolitical issues one man searches for intelligent conversation from Dedham, Massachusetts the birthplace of modern democracy this is you don't have to yell with your host Dan Sally Sally
1: welcome to episode 48 of you don't have to yell the Marvin Gardens of online political media I have no idea what that means I just thought of it now It's the bad boy of nonpartisan political podcasting here, and today we are taking a trip to New Jersey's 6th Congressional District, which is an artfully carved piece of legislative territory that resembles a balloon animal hugging the coast just south of New York City. And it's a district that has gone Democrat since 1983, possibly due to the artful carving. At any rate, In any year but 2020, our next guest, Christian Anoha, would be a surprising candidate. Uh, He's the son of Nigerian immigrants and is currently running to be the Republican candidate for the district, looking to oppose career incumbent Frank Pallone in the upcoming general election. Now, during our conversation, we talk about what drew him to the Republican Party and how he reconciles Trump's rhetoric on race and immigration, per usual... Everyone sounds crazy until you bother to talk to them. I'll be back at the end with more thoughts. Now, did you or your wife come from a big family or?
0: Yeah. Uh, or no. Okay. Um, I guess it depends on, 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 you know, what we consider big. Um, so I'm, I'm the first of four and my wife is the second of five. So kind okay. of it's like, right. You know, just, just, just like yourself. It's like, big, but not like, Oh my God. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was, so I'm the oldest of four myself and you know, I, I kind of grew up in a big uh, Irish Italian neighborhood. And so if you, okay, if you, if you just had four, that was kind of like your quota at the time, you know, yeah. like every family had at least four kids. And I remember there was one guy I knew who was from a family of 11 11 but it gets better so on one side of the house there was another family with nine and on the other side there was a family with 16 kids so yes so quite literally let's see what's that Eleven nine. that's 20 that's 36 kids yep yep in between it it was absolutely crazy i i did not i have zero desire to repeat
0: that but um and that's those are so many pickup basketball games. There's so many, yeah. there's so many, fo- like that's, that's a interesting.
1: Now, so your parents came over here from, from Nigeria, correct?
0: Yep. Yep. And a uh, big families they I came from. So uh, my, my dad was like the last of total eight, eight children. Yeah. He had six older sisters and a twin brother. That was my dad's side. And, f- and funny enough, my mom is the last of, um, I think five, but she's, She's the she's the last born of, of a set of twins as well.
1: And how how old were they when they when they came over here?
0: Uh my dad was uh probably twenty, twenty-one. Um so he was yeah, like uh just eager to go to college. So he, he you know, he graduated at like seventeen or eighteen and then uh, he he was he was a village guy, right? Um kind of that's kinda of how, how Nigeria was back then. Um so he he grew up kind of on I guess what US would consider like the Southern parts of America, like the Confederate parts. Um, so he came on the losing side of a civil war basically. So there wasn't a lot of development in, in, in his part of town. So, um, graduated high school and like left the village cause there's, you know, just wasn't really anything there for him and went, went to the largest city in Nigeria at the time and was there for like two, three years working in the bank and, uh, you know, got a scholarship uh, to come to the United States and study.
1: And I got to ask you this and I, I will- I don't want to spoil too much of your, your sort of bio early on, but you're 27, mm-hmm. um, you've been pretty active in politics, you're the father of soon to be two kids, and I have to ask, does, and this, this has been my experience with, with anyone either who's Nigerian or of Nigerian descent that I've known. Okay. Okay does the Nigerian culture just produce outrageously driven and ambitious people? Or am I just, is it just the subset of people I've met in my life? You
0: know, they, you know that's, that's a, that's such a really cool question. Um, because I, I always hear that outside of, uh, you know, um, outside of the quote unquote Nigerian community. Um, man, what's, what's the real answer to that question? Cause I, I never, I really never considered myself, um, that, that hardworking, um, I guess com- coming from it, I almost felt like a slacker growing up, funny enough, because like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> okay. like a doctor or a lawyer or like an engineer or like one of these, you know, well, more prestigious, um, you know, job titles. So I, I kind of never really felt like I was even, um, you know this super ambitious person, I guess, I guess in, in hindsight, when people kind of, um, have conversations with me, I, I do hear that being brought up. So maybe, maybe there is some kind of truth to it. Um, but I, I think that's similar for anyone who comes from such a populous country. So whether it's China or India, like people don't understand, like Nigeria is actually very, very densely populated, you know? Um, and yeah, so that there's just a natural. It's like coming from like New York City or somewhere. If if it's really that dense, there's just a natural like, um, I guess hustle to you, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you have to hustle, and then I, I, I'd imagine that your, you know, your dad got here and just saw nothing but opportunity after coming from again from the losing side side of a civil war. Is that fair? Or-
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, that was definitely driven um, into into me, or you know, anyone that that he would come in contact with, you know, that's like a child. Um, any any friend that came to my house, there was just always constant stories of, you know, we th- we had things so hard, and you know, you guys here uh, should, you know, we already did you guys the best service because there's liberty, and all you have to do is just go out and compete for it, and. So I guess now that I'm a bit older, I'm I'm really much more grateful for it. I guess really it's as a parent, you know, you just want to make sure that your child has a shot to make it. Um, So I definitely understand that, um, you know, those those stories. But growing up, you just felt like it was your parents complaining. And um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's tough to get it then because you're, you're, you are born uh, in an American household. You go to school amongst uh, Americans, but then when your parents aren't American and, and they kind of sound foreign, you're not really sure if it's just them being different or if there's really truth to what they're saying. Um, so I, 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 at my age now, I can kind of put certain things in, in a much better context. So you were born in Newark. Where'd you grow up? Yeah. So grew up in Union, Union, New Jersey, probably about like 10 miles away. You know, my, my parents saved up and, and they got their first house. I, I remember just having, I remember that being such a big deal uh, to live in, to live in a suburb and just to even have a house. Um, all my cousins coming through like, what, you have a backyard? Like, you know, this is, you know, coming from, from that background as far as a village in Nigeria to, you know, to, to, to come to a country, you know, go to school, work hard and afford a home. It's, it's never been seen before. Um you know, uh, where like you have a washing machine or like what, like you, you don't like you, you just, you don't go to the laundromat. Like, so those, those little things just to even like take a walk, but you know, um, there's like trees around where you live. It's, it was really unheard of, uh, for, for a lot of, uh, a lot of my family back then.
1: You know, it's funny, like I listen to you kind of telling your story and, you know, my, my grandparents are all, uh, you know, they are, they're all immigrants. They all came over here from Ireland and the, you know, Nineteen like twenties, nineteen thirties, and it was kind of the same thing where you know they came here to you know they, I mean they came from just farms there was just nothing yep. and uh, just came here to work and then their kids came to work and it's funny my dad was uh, was originally uh, a Democrat so if you were Irish in Boston, there was a lot for a long time, you were Democrat because that was the party that kind of welcomed uh, in the Irish community once he got out of school. And once he started earning money, he switched to the Republican Party. And, and, and part of the reason was um, that he just felt at the time, you know, their policies were, were punitive to folks who were trying to get sort of to the, the, to the next level
0: yeah.
1: uh, in a way and folks who had, had worked. I'm hearing you talk about, you know, what you saw in your parents, your move to the Republican Party seems to make perfect sense to me. Does that sort of philosophy I described, does that kind of mirror how, you know, your general political frame of mind? Or am I totally being presumptuous no, here?
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely leading there. And, and to be honest, I'm, I'm uh, you know, it's, it's soul searching every day, to be honest with you. Um, because I, I don't even classify myself as a quote unquote politician yet, you know? Um, I see myself as just a, a guy who's getting involved in politics, but, um, so I'm still, I, I still, you know, I still, um, think to myself, you know, what, what are some reasons that I might be overlooking as to why, um, I'm so de- devout in, 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 in certain beliefs. Um, but yeah, that definitely leans towards why I'm a Republican or why, like, you know, the party just, um, connects with me, um, in certain ways, whether logically or maybe just the, the nostalgia of it, maybe it reminds me of certain things. So I'm not really sure. I haven't really like touched on every element internally, but in general, it seems to be leaning in that direction that my opera definitely played a background.
1: And now what, I guess, what prompted you to get involved in politics in the first
0: place? In, in general, um, I've always been interested in just uh, being of service by trade. Uh, I work in clinical research literally i i got I, I studied that in school because I, not that i felt that i was really good at science but i just i figured you know it, it's a recession and i want to i, I, I want to be able to pay my bills but i, I want to feel like i'm doing something i want to feel like I'm, I'm helping people i'm just you know being of a positive value and that's kind of how that's a health um like practically everything i do in life whether like you know i'm, I'm really involved in church um so i, I do preach in church um and also, just like you know, for my parents, you know, I'm still very much involved in, in their efforts to help, um, you know, their their community back in Nigeria. Um, so just in, in in one way or another, um, you know, from from just my, my childhood, there was always just a mindset of, you know, what you what you build for yourself is not just for you, but it's to to help um, another person, you know, be in position to to, to to like fend for themselves as well. And so,
1: when you chose the Republican Party, what was was that was was that kind of the party you aligned with prior to getting involved or was there something? That no, kinda...
0: no, you know, okay. I, you know, just like just like for yourself, I guess, growing up in, in a Boston area, you know, if you're still of color, you, you're still leaning with the Democrats, uh, especially in the 90s. You know, I definitely remember going to visit family and they're, they're, they're voting for Al Gore back in 2000. I was like eight years old. But in, in the classroom amongst my, my friends, you know, predominantly Caucasians, I recall, they were they're were all siding with Bush. And that, that was really the first time I realized, like, oh, wow, there's definitely a difference between what's happening in the inner city versus uh, outside of town. But I still noticed that, you know, predominantly people of color, uh, especially from the immigrant backgrounds, um, they were still leaning with Democrats. Um, so. So I think I think for me, I just felt like growing up, that's just what I was supposed to do, because all my friends, all my family, um, you know, that was just it was just the more vocal party. It's just who I who we happened to, to like see more um, in town and just out and about while Republicans, um, it, it felt like growing up um, that it was something that you kept to yourself. It was personal, it was private, um, you know, um, in fact, for your own safety, you don't really make that public. Um, so, so I never really, I never really knew Republicans. Um, to, to be honest with you, except a, a couple of classmates here and there who were, you know, who, who would say that their parents are, but it's not like you, you saw them pro- professing it. When I graduated and I moved to uh, a New Jersey, where I live now, I I'm literally looking at, I mean, I, I, at the time I'm looking at, you know, a council of, of six Democrats to one I'm looking at, a uh, Democratic governor who just stepped in, Phil Murphy. I'm looking at a Democratic legislature, um, be it in the Senate or in the state assembly. Uh, You know, I'm looking at two Democratic senators, which, you know, Cory Booker and and Menendez. So, you know, and then when I see the issues kind of going on, uh, you know, I'm left to not really be too curious about where the fingers should be blamed um, or or, or who I may need to... uh, I don't want to say combat, but, you know, who I may need to oppose to really um, see to it that I can I can I can help more effectively. In Sayreville, New Jersey, it's it's, it's weird the way the politics is. It's literally every single year they vote in Democratic council members, but they literally keep voting the one Republican mayor in. Um, So he finished five terms, literally 20 years. They just kept putting him in over and over. He was he was one of the first people to actually challenge me to get into politics. Just meeting him, just seeing what a great person he is, um, I realized, like, wow, you know, if this is what a Republican is, um, I would love to see more about the party. And, you know, kind of between between me and you, I, I never really said this in public. Right? I guess people would know now, but I, I wasn't really sure if I would be welcomed into into the Republican Party. You know, for the Democratic Party, it looks already very much saturated i don't know if 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 i bring ideas that that tend to oppose i don't know how i would be viewed you know but for the republican party i never i never thought that was an option but when i had a a lending hand which was the current mayor at the time um i felt much more comfortable and then only to discover that hey you know these you know what what i've been told my whole life basically uh doesn't really appear to be true um um, meeting genuine people over and over. Obviously, not every Republican, but, you know, a lot. And I'm like, man, I, I can't believe that I I allowed, um, you know, this large stereotype to kind of cloud my uh, judgment for, for so long.
1: Yeah. Um, what What
0: were some of the preconceptions you had prior to? Not gonna lie. I, my, my preconceived notion was that they don't like black people, honestly. Yeah even though I was in the middle class, it's not like we were rich or we were super balling, but um, there was just a fear that, um, hey, you know, um, even 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 as you rise, maybe in the corporate ranks, or if you rise in life, um, just know that there are gonna be white people or Caucasians who aren't gonna be glad about about your success. And those Caucasians are definitely Republicans, right? That's just, uh, you know, they're gonna push bills, they're gonna push policies to see to it that you're not given an opportunity. Um, and, you know, when, when you're, you know, when, when you're fed that kind of information, when you're four years old, five, six, seven, eight years old, um, 10 years old, and it's like, listen, there's going to be things that Black people will never be able to do in this country, like become president, things like that, you know, you do hear it growing up. um But then at the same time, you see these things literally, you know, shattered right before you. um You know, at six, you know, when I was 16, I saw President Obama win. So there are certain things where it's like, Hey, you know what? You know, maybe the things that I thought were hindering, you know, was hindering the African American community. Perhaps it's not really stand on on racism. Maybe there's other things that can be limiting, uh, you know, us. A lot of the stereotypes are are, are also leaning towards democratic um, gain, you know, uh, dem- you know, towards a, a potential democratic agenda. Um, and, and I wouldn't want to get caught up in that, but rather I, I, I want my, my, my judgment to not be clouded in, in any form or any way. So my official, like, joining the Republican Party was really not because of any one politician. But I figured uh, who I am and, and what I want to bring to the table, um, which which party is most likely to, you know, allow it to find expression. Christian values, which is values that, you know, um, allows uh, freedom, liberty. But still, at the same time, promoting um, competition, um, you know. And I think from the Democratic side, I think th- their current message is, you know, we want to help the little guy, but, but we want to do it by going to war with the big guy. And we're going to tax them. We're going to force them to pay their dues and pay their fair shares. We're going to force them. We're going to force them. We're going to make things difficult for them. We're going to go out. All, we're going to go in an all-out war. Um, but for me, I think that the The better route is let's work with the big guy, right? Because the big guy definitely, you know, um, you definitely, and you're definitely going to feel that way if you work for a big guy, right? At uh, that point, you're going to realize like, Hey, when you pick a fight with them, that definitely trickles to me. That can make me lose my job. It can make me lose a lot of things. So please don't like, even though you want to fight for me, please fight for me effectively. Um, and I think that's where sometimes Democrats get it wrong. Um, you know, other areas in terms of like monopoly, right? Like you know, corporations are getting bigger and bigger. I totally understand when Democrats bring that up, but I always felt that you know, if you ever play the game of monopoly, it's pretty simple. You know, you want to you want to find a way to compete uh, against those companies, and I feel like you know, no party has really ever passed legislation to help that middle class guy get to the next level to to compete with those companies. Because when you do compete with those companies, it keeps it keeps the businesses honest. It, it drives costs down, you know, because when there's more competitors in the field, you know, that means there's more options and then, you know, it prevents price increases. You know, that's just kind of how economics works. So when when I when I didn't really see liberals really pushing that kind of agenda, I, I felt that I don't think that my ideologies will really find expression. So, you know, so many, so many factors really led me to the Republican Party unbiasedly.
1: And when I asked you kind of what what were your preconceptions about the Republican Party, I pretty much knew what your answer was going to be, but I obviously didn't want to put the words in your mouth. I figured, you know, maybe it surprised me. Um, You know, I think another, another thing that I'd like you to comment on is, you know, obviously you're you're the the son of immigrants um you've seen the value of immigration and what i see maybe not necessarily coming out of the party as a whole but you know definitely from the president is this uh this policy that really targets specific types of immigrants um and i guess what what are your feelings about that rhetoric
0: yeah, so it's so here's the thing. I I I do understand um you know those who are and why people can be offended or are offended uh by the president's rhetoric. Um so I get it and it's not as though I haven't, you know, I haven't been in in a, a similar situation where um I received that kind of rhetoric, you know. However, at the same time, um, there's just a part of me that's very much more, um, I, I guess the word that maybe I'll use logical, not saying that those who are offended are not lo- applying logic, but I don't know for lack of better words. Um, I just feel like, listen, I'm 27. The president, I think he's in his seventies, you know, um, I, you know, he's literally, you know, almost 50 years older than me. I, I just believe that there's a different country he grew up in, even though we both grew up in America. I I just believe that, um, I think that there, there are certain areas in, of, of communication that uh, I, I really have to let him slide on, just because I know that he may not understand um, that certain words, certain languages is not really per, uh, perceived properly in a completely different generation. Um, and, and, you know, I, I see uh, Joe Biden do the same thing as well. Um, so I think for both sides, listen, if you're in a certain age group, I, I do understand that Chances are you grew up in a completely different country um, that, than I grew up in. Now, if they were in their 20s, I, I would be like, hey, man, you should know better. If I'm picking the lesser of two evils, who would I go with? I think at the time that was between Hillary Clinton and, and President Trump. Um, and I would have to look towards the debates like, and look towards like the um, strategies, which is literally what I did. Um, uh and the president really i felt at at the time spoke directly to middle class issues right he spoke towards jobs that was that was a huge thing at that time um and yeah being a recent graduate i needed someone who could speak directly towards that before i address any other thing in my life at that time i needed i needed jobs and i I don't mean eight dollars an hour and making them 16 dollar an hour jobs i meant like i have a degree and i want to like really use it in the global marketplace and earn a great living um those kind of jobs and i just felt like the president did a better job speaking towards that i don't i don't really care about uh yo is he is he racist is he not racist what is he how does he really feel about me how does he really not feel about me um that was more the secondary the primary was you know what policies are going to be pushed um you know what is he going to do and how does that really affect me in my real life
1: i hope you're enjoying the show and wanted to take a quick break to ask a favor of all of you. The district Christian's running in is one that traditionally sees 30% of the votes swing Republican, despite the fact that it's remained in Democratic hands for decades. And what this tells me is that we have a district that's non-responsive to voter input and that those who are dissatisfied don't have the option to have their voice heard. Now, this is not an uncommon thing across the country, and the fix is for states to allocate representatives proportionately based on the percentage a party wins in the popular vote. If a third of people in New Jersey vote Republican, then four out of 12 representatives going to Washington should be Republican. It's that simple. Now, to make this happen, we need a lot of people. And the goal of you don't have to yell is to be the launch pad those people to connect and organize and make this happen on a state-by-state level so here's how you can help number one subscribe to ydhty if you have not already it's somewhere on your phone i don't know where number two share ydhty with your friends and anyone else you think this might resonate with again on your phone again i don't know exactly where but you're all smart people and can probably figure it out Number 3. Come by YDHTY.com or visit me on social media to let me know where you are and what you're thinking. I want to hear your thoughts on the episode and help you find ways to implement change in your state. And with that out of the way, back to the show. So you're your first generation born in America, that obviously is not, you know, I guess what you'd consider the Republican stereotype. You know, you're also 27 so you're young which again is another uh another demographic that you wouldn't necessarily say is is republican like what are your how do your peers align politically or do they align politically at this point
0: i would say not yet i think i think naturally the older you get the more conservative you're going to get though you know I think if you're looking, like, if you're looking for a daredevil, if you're looking for someone who's going to be very liberal in the way they make their, deci- their decisions, very yeah. liberal in the way they spend, and very liberal in the way they think, that's likely to be a younger person. Um, but you know, when you get older, you're more mature. You begin to think twice about certain things. But in terms of uh, immigration and maybe policies and just my peers, yeah, many of them feel like, hey, listen, like, let them let. Everyone, whoever needs to be in the country into the country, there's like there's no harm in that. There's no foul. And like, that's a very liberal way to think. But the reality is one person comes in to do the wrong thing is one person too many. Uh, And that's number one. Number two, you know, you know, if if someone just comes in to to claim asylum, you know, we don't even have enough intelligence to even verify that information. And at some point, um, enemies to our country uh, can and are already using that to their advantage. Uh, Number two. But number 3 is that like you know every building you walk into there's definitely going to be some type of fire hazard information saying how much people can be retained in this building. Uh same thing, you know, if we're pushing immigration policies, at some point we need to determine as a country how many people are we going to allow into our country, right? How many people can we have? And um that 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 is a conversation that eventually we do need to have.
1: You know, before the this recording, I I shared a little bit about my background. And I was, I'm oddly one of those people who became more liberal over time. And I think part of the reason I was conservative when I was younger is just because I like to argue. And, uh, mm. you know, when you're in Massachusetts, what's a great way to get in a fight, but uh, be a Republican, <laughs> be 20 and 20 something and Republican. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I really kind of enjoyed that part about it. Um, I, I guess, and, and I get, I get what you're saying about the jobs part of things. I think, I think the thing a lot of people don't realize about Hillary Clinton and I voted, Hillary Clinton was actually the first Democrat I ever voted for in, in a federal, in a presidential election.
0: Wow um, you, you, you went John McCain, Romney, Clinton. I
1: actually went, I'll tell you, I'll give you my voting record. I went, I voted John McCain in, in the 2000 primary. Okay. and i i still say to this day if john mccain was the republican nominee this country would be a much different place in 2000 i think yeah, there was yeah. a fork a fork in 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 the road at that point um then 08 went with mccain again um okay. then 2012 voted libertarian mm. and then because at that point i mean the other thing you have to understand is when you're casting a vote in a presidential election in massachusetts it it doesn't matter i mean it's going it's it's going it's going democrat and then it was 2016 it was i i voted for clinton and i and i could have again i i could have opted out but um and i was not you know i was not a a huge fan of clinton but i i i i think trump just turned me off he was like like i was you can already tell i was already kind of drifting away from the republican party yeah Yeah. um and he was just the final straw um okay. and i and, and and i'll i'll i'm going to i'll say two things and then i'll i'll kind of get your thoughts but mm-hmm. you know i think i think one thing it, it, the perspective i have you know having seen hillary clinton through her career the thing a lot of people don't understand is that a, a lot of the issues that got trump into office Yep, were started where the seeds were planted during the Clinton administration back in the nineties.
0: Okay. You know, think, the, yeah.
1: And, yeah. and, and so I feel like Hillary Clinton was very much from that framework. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's, um you know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying like, like a lot of those policies that ultimately accelerated the deterioration of, especially the, the, you know, the Rust Belt. Um, those were, a lot of those were accelerated by, uh, by you know, by Bill Clinton, and this yeah. was a time when you know Bill Clinton, as a Democratic president, potentially could have done things to protect the the working class that the Democratic Party supposedly was behind at the time, but didn't. You know, I think now the the problem I see is that um, in in the world as it stands, I think you know, the the problems we face are going to be global in nature, you know, even this current, you know, and, 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 and and the pandemic needs, you know, for example, is something that needs a global response. Um, I I think another problem we're going to have is an aging population. And if you look at where the majority of young people live, it's Latin America and sub-Saharan Africa, which are two places that it doesn't seem the president is all that keen to open the you know, to I know. Sort of open, you know so i guess i i threw a lot at you what, what what can you tell me there
0: no this is man this is it like this is what like it's like big lo- bigger picture politics definitely needs yeah. to be globally focused um okay. and that's really the beauty of america right like you, you know where you want to compete and be number one and what that means is you need to have allies right like a like yeah Across the table for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think, how do I start? So, looking at Hillary Clinton, right? True. You know, were there a lot of jobs during the Clinton era? Like, yes, for sure. Right. Like, I think we can all attest to that. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he balanced the budget. I, look, I can't give you all the details. I have so much homework to do, but like, I was born in 92. So, he was, you know, he was president. We'll give
1: you a pass on that one. Thank yeah. You. you know, my feeling is that, uh, is that a lot of the reasons why uh, people were voting for Trump was specifically because, um, the structure that you know Bill Clinton had set up had really created economic devastation in certain areas, and so mm. it, you know, in a lot yeah. of ways, I, I see Hillary Clinton, who was on the board of Walmart in the '90s, obviously not the most worker-friendly company, yeah. um, and not the most manufacturing-friendly company. You know, uh, the you know, I, I I really see Clinton as somebody who sort of started that snowball. And so, and Trump really ran in opposition to that snowballing.
0: Yeah. So like the, the, like creation of jobs, uh, it's connected to the creations of like the the creation and development of like of, of corporations, you know? Um, so in the nineties, you know, I don't even think cell phones were that, you know, I think there were, I think it was still like the beeper days, you know, um, yeah. Microsoft being installed in corporate offices across the country. I mean, you saw an expansion in corporate America, um, the credit system, a huge expansion, housing markets. I mean, there were industries that were really up and booming. Edu- uh, uh, sc- uh, schools, universities became very, very profitable, right? Because, you know, they expanded the programs they offered. Nursing was doing well. Engineering was doing well. I mean, things were happening. Um, and you saw these cor- corporations develop, right? Um, Walmart, one of them, Amazon, Cisco, IBM, all these things. You know, what I was expecting from President Trump is when I looked at his Private life, uh, sorry, when I looked at his life before politics, right? In, in, I guess business, I'd rather say. Um, we knew that this was someone who he's definitely go bigger or, or go home, right? Um, we saw, you know, whether it was Taj Mahal or, or Trump Stakes or Trump University or Trump Airlines or Trump Vodka, um, you, you knew that, okay, he's going for it, right? Um, Trump Towers. So, and we knew that, you know, he, his businesses, um, some of them are going to. Do bad, you know. Uh, which we, I'm sorry. Some businesses did did bad, right? It didn't do well at all. Um, even led to, to debt, potential bankruptcy, right? Um, and others did very well, right? Because he's still a big name today, right? So um, if you if you tell me someone like that is coming into politics, then what I expect is he's gonna push. He's gonna do the same thing: go big or go home. He's gonna push. It's, it's like it's like bringing a, like a home run hitter, you know? It's like you know, it's going to be great moments, but he's going to have slumps, too, um, or, or bad streaks. So that was really what I was expecting. Um, and I, I was up for that because I felt that a lot of people in the middle class needed a big win. Um, and I think like for Hillary Clinton, it would have been it would have been more. Let's be patient. Let's relax. Um, and let's just, you know, one step at a time. You know, I feel like the middle class, we definitely bailed out um, the larger corporations, um, we didn't we didn't really get that money back. Right. I think typically it's supposed to be a loan because I don't know how many banks just give out money and bail out the middle class just because. Um, so I feel like, you know, we, we, we bailed out, and especially here in New Jersey, our taxes were still high and uh, things got much more difficult. And I felt that Hillary Clinton coming in, she would have provided relief for the poor, which, um, I, you know, Democrats do very well in that. And I, I appreciate that. I applaud it, actually. Um, and I knew that the rich under Hillary Clinton, uh, they, they say they're going to close loopholes, but the rich, they just have means, right? They can hire more lawyers. They they, they can figure it out, you know, to, to find a way to still make more money. And then these, the middle class just left behind again, right? To the point where... They lean towards being poor, and then you you have someone who is doing very well, relying on a job succeeding, and now they 're applying for food stamps they 're applying for affordable housing they they 're not looking for a way to get ahead they're now looking for a way to survive right You have kids in college who their parents are married, and it 's like, man, if my parents got a divorce maybe maybe one one of my parents can claim me, and I might get more student loans like hey, when you have a society thinking like that that 's a big problem that 's what I felt like it would continue under Hillary Clinton because like I'm you know I figure like you know we, we've kind of seen this already you know on paper they're gonna do really good things because they're gonna bring relief to the poor but I feel like half of those poor people should have never been poor they were middle class people that were falling through the cracks that weren't taken care of and I want to stop it at that point like once the middle class is falling through the cracks like like we need to hedge it immediately at that point you know we, we it shouldn't be they, they become poor and then they now get relief that's that's what I think is such a big challenge because imagine you're throwing money to uh you know communities that, that 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 need help only to see it come back around and, and you have to invest more money. That that's kind of a waste of money. That's literally what Republicans have been complaining about for so long that throwing money at the problem is not is not going to really always lead to the solution.
1: For the most part, most of the people I talked to uh were felt like they were voting for the lesser of two evils. And mm. it just so happened that there weren't a lot of people who didn't think the other evil was really evil. Like there weren't like, for the most part, it seems like people were pretty strongly opinionated about where they aligned. And it was more like, I can stomach this person, definitely not this other person. Um, yours, yours is definitely the more moderate of what I've heard. Um, what do you think? So, you know, you you voted for Trump for change and, you know, we're now kind of coming up on 2020. Yeah. What, how do you think he's done? What are some of the things you like and maybe what are some of the things
0: you don't like that have gone on over the last four years? It's really even hard to grade him. From his transition, uh, there was just a lot, of, a lot of issues, a lot of scandal. And uh, how much is self-inflicted? How much is, uh, um, you know, from... The other side, uh, really just trying to go in and sabotage and attack and make him a one-term president. Yeah. You know, it, at this point, it just depends on what what your news station is for you to determine, determine the ratio, honestly. He said that he was going to bring a fight uh, to put Americans first. I think that he, he, he stayed true to that. The issues that were a bit more controversial, he he, he leaned back and he took a step back a little bit. I think most people who really hated him were they just, it was really more towards immigration. Like it was, you know, building a wall or, um, you know, having ice inside the different towns to, you know, gather groups of people. I think, you know, things like that were, I think people's primary concern or focus and then rhetoric. But apart from that, I don't know if anyone really had um, the strongest, um, you know, negatives against them Uh, off of just sheer logic. I'm saying off of just sheer policy, he, he kind of became more moderate on some of those positions towards, okay, if we're not going to build a wall, then, you know, we're going to get more um, funding for border security, you know, when it comes to um, illegal immigration, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to have ICE instead uh, work with counties, at least push, for, push counties to, you know, retain uh, criminals, right, those who have been convicted of felons or those who have been held um, on charges to confirm if they have, if they, um, are on a wanted list or if they, if they have committed, uh, you know, an offense, um, in a different environment, uh, just to verify and, and double check. Right. So to me, that's just, okay. Yeah. Like if there's a, a crime that happened in a local area and the local police, ideally, if it's a big crime should work with the FBI. So I don't see why a local sheriff shouldn't work with ice. You know, like that's just how our country works. I don't see why that's an issue. It's just it's tough, man. Like you're literally giving your state of the you the State of the Union address talking about coronavirus. Meanwhile, that same State of the Union address was was ripped by the Speaker of the House, um, you know, for completely other reasons. So you know he was going through wars left and right. I don't even know if he really really had four years to be a president.
1: In in a way, you could argue the same thing of Obama, who spent again yep. much different style, uh, much different style, but was, was up against an, an unfriendly Congress and, um, and, 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 and I think in, in some respects it's symbolic of just the, the state of the country. Um, sure, you man. know, and, and I guess that's, you know, I'll ask you this cause uh, you know, you, you, you know, I, I mean, the whole theme of this podcast is that, there is a high level of dissatisfaction with the choices we have as voters. And, and, and with the fact that, you know, for the most part, we have this sort of Coke and Pepsi option uh, when we're voting and there aren't a lot of alternatives that really are going to do anything, but get the person you didn't want to get elected, elected, Um, you know, in terms of the minor parties out there. So there's somebody like me who's, you know, very disenchanted, with with the state of 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 the major parties yeah and 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 what I, I guess why don't you tell me like you know as somebody who's skeptical is this structure worth holding on to i guess for lack of a better phrasing i know i'm asking yeah. someone it, it, running
0: for it, but it is i i to, i think i know where you're heading to right yeah. like because i i mean i mean i think one 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 pocket of voters that don't really vote are african-american men right um these are conversations I have all the time when I go campaigning and, and I just host my brother's man and it's like, nah, I ain't voting, bro. Like I I don't, I don't believe in it, my votes don't count. It's like, I, I think that's where maybe where you're leaning to. And that that like number is increasing the more the more I get out there and, and find myself in more diverse environments. And I'm starting to hear similar things, right? People are losing are losing faith for sure. Um some people they I've literally met people that say, like, yo, I just want the thing to be turned upside down, to be just destroyed and built back up. And for me, like that language is very heavy. But you have to understand that, like, that's the reason why my parents came to America, right? It was because of rhetoric like like that. Like, break it all down and build it back up. You know, like that reminds me of like military regimes. For the fact that there can be a regime change, not every country has that. In case you don't know, like that's that. That's not just a common thing in the world today. There's not just a. You know, this is the president, and then he lost and he left, and like that, things like that don't happen, uh, in in other countries, man. And the fact that I can even vote, and you know, uh, I'm not worried about like the place blowing up, literally, Uh, those like, there's just things that I'm very sensitive to where it's like, no, this is like it has flaws, true, but trust me, like, we can make this work for sure. When you're outside of America, you realize, wow, America's really amazing, like, I'm trying to go back. If you love, Let's say President Obama, fine, you, you know you got that once. That means that you can get it up can you can get something similar again. you know, if you love President Trump, yeah, whether he wins this time or the next, or you know he it, regardless, after by this time in four years, he you know he won't really be around in the political scene, quote unquote, so you know, but if that's what you like, then you know what to do to to, to bring something similar back in again. So when we say, I don't, I don't have faith in the system, it's like, nah, like, it's not the system that's the issue. It's really we and how we work the system. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. So if you were to offer advice or, you know, you, you were to, I guess, you were to kind of have your ideal vision realized in terms of civic participation. Yeah. Do you think do you think the system really just needs more Christians, just not Christian, you know, like you, like not the really you know, but yeah. do you feel like, does the system just need more people who are going to go in at the local level seeking to serve and align with the party that most closely aligns with their ideology and, yeah, like, and look to implement change that way? Is that kind of your, what you feel the ideal path is for, for I, America or for folks right now?
0: I think, simply put, the the ideal path is, um, you know, I'm I'm a clinical researcher, right? Uh, we, we need we need more of them in politics. We need more bakers in politics. We need more podcasters in politics. We need more nurses in politics. We need more like anything. That's cause like if you want to represent everyone, then you need to have representation of everyone. That's kind of how I see it. So if I look across the board, and it's a bunch of people who You know they have these beautiful JDs, which I I get, I get it. If you want to create laws and then you study the law, that does make sense, true. But I see more politics as uh, like being a waiter. How can I help you? How can I take your order? And I'm going to go to the kitchen, which was Washington DC, or if it's local, then maybe Trenton or wherever. And I'm going to uh, see what what we can cook up. And if the chef, uh, if we don't have it in the kitchen, I'm going to come back to you, to your to your home or to, to town and say, hey, we tried to give, put your order in, but this is what we're seeing. This is the issue we're facing. Can I recommend this instead? I mean, it's just, that's kind of how I see it. And I think that, that that's a job that really technically anyone can do. Um, That's the reason why I lean more towards the let every representative represent everyone, that's how government should be, than just one category of people represent everyone. I think that that leads towards uh, something much drastically different.
1: Now, as someone decidedly anti-partisan, what I found most interesting in this conversation was Christian's willingness to work within the system to have a positive impact on things. And I'm not gonna try and psychoanalyze him, But my guess is when you grow up hearing stories of civil war from your parents, you probably have a greater appreciation for peaceful political discourse. And Christian and I do have our policy differences, but I think we're both agreed that we need more people willing to take part in face-to-face discussions about policy if we're going to see real progress. Now, somewhat on that note, I recorded this episode prior to the murder of George Floyd and wasn't able to get his opinion on the demonstrations and unrest that followed. And I can't guess as to what he'd say, but I can tell you this. A common mistake is to assume the black experience in America is universal. And that's a stereotype that cuts both ways, because for Christian... The idea that Democrats are the only party with the interests of people of color in mind is a mythology designed to garner votes that rarely results in progress. And if you take a look at some of the communities just outside his district, you can see where he get that perception. Now, I have some more commentary on that and the rest of the episode on ydhty.com, so come visit me on the internet if you'd like to learn more. Now, next week, we're staying in the Garden State with Helen Kiokas of Fair Districts, New Jersey, an organization focused on redistricting reform at the state level. And all I can say is that New Jersey is like an onion. And when you peel back the layers, there's more onion. As always, theme music courtesy of Tech. YDHTY is produced by the world Marco Polo champion, the big Gino, Jason Putney in North Carolina, United States of America. Until the next... This is Dan Sally. Adios.